spoken man. Hi guys, it's Andy N again. Back on my travels on the cafe in St. Peter's Square. As people know, this is spoken over regularly. It's one of my favourite places, this one. It's great for being writers and creative souls here. And I'm back here again today, and first time in a couple of weeks, and I've got another young lady with me today. Who we got talking, Sylvia, didn't we, a couple mm. of weeks ago about when your night show running, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody and tell them who you are? And where, particularly like your, where your accent obviously suggests <laughs> where you're coming from. And um, what's done stuff or your creative stuff? We'll take it from that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, yeah, my name's Sophia Haji Michael, and um, as you can tell by the accent, <laughs> I'm from London. Um, but yeah, so I run a blog, um, it's called Art Dress It, and it kind of it started a year and a half ago. Um, I kind of always had this idea that I wanted to sort of connect stories about sort of like culture, society and the self with art, kind of like reconnect mm. it. Um, and yeah, so it just kind of like took off and now we're running events. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I think so what you were telling me, it seemed like it's an actual expansion period really, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. We yeah. were all this creative, you were much younger when you lived in London originally. Was I creative? Yeah, I think it all kind of stemmed from my grandmother and her influence. Oh, brilliant. Um, brilliant. Yeah, no, she, she herself, she's a poet, she's a writer. Um, She's actually got like this like group of friends and stuff and she'll like they'll go like meet up and go for like lunch and stuff and like she'll like write a poem for them and stuff and she's oh, got them all laughing. And I don't know, I think yeah, I've kind of always taken inspiration from that. Um and then yeah, I've always been into acting and theatre and stuff and I enjoyed writing but I guess like I've got so many different interests yeah. that I don't know where it lies, so it's just kind of like... I think you stage up your life probably for yourself, because obviously people don't know you're a student, aren't you? Is it Manchester yeah. Met you're at at the moment? Um, uni of Manchester. Yeah, University of Manchester, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And I've stage where you, when you're at a sort of age where you're creative, but you're not quite sure what your niche is going to be Exactly, yet, so it's just like a bleh of creativeness everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a swipe of spots here and everywhere. Here, yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. you're telling me before, like, you've been direct, you're into directing, aren't you, and plays, for example. Yeah, yeah. That's why, and also, you've not got your blog, and also you unite to them as well. So, and I know you're right as well, don't you? So, yeah. so did you, did you obviously any grandmother been a big influence? Were you writing when younger than were you? Just so started. I think I used it because I remember I found the other day I found this silly book that I wrote when I was like really really young um, about a wizard and it was just the stupidest thing I did like little illustrations and stuff so like I didn't realise that it was actually so young when I started writing um, so yeah I don't know I've, I've always loved it yeah. yeah and then I think I kind of like lost sight of it when I was in sort of year six and stuff because you know you've got, six, you've, got, you've got to start being a bit more serious you're too cool I think yeah. you're too cool for anything and you know I <laughs> can't have interest and stuff but now that I'm getting older I think it's it's cool to have interest yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah, so I can't blame you actually have you found in going to university up now I know you're in your second year mm. has it re-emphasized you your interest in your artistic endeavors oh my gosh a hundred percent because um to be honest it's all kind of happened and really grown in second year because first year I knew I wanted to be doing more than just kind of like waking up and going to lectures and stuff but I didn't know I think I felt like such a fish out of water I didn't know where I could even possibly begin um, and then all of a sudden second year like I've just like been handed these like amazing opportunities I was able to make a documentary actually about um, the carnival in Moss Side oh I didn't really... know about that you didn't know yeah. about that one. tell us about that then right I see. has anyone seen 
spoken label does heightened research about when people <laughs> tell you things you don't know about. No, to be fair, that's what I mean. Like it's just like creativity there, mm. just a whole mess. But well, tell um, us all about them. Damage. Yeah, it was um, no, it was really amazing. It was part of a module mm. um, where we had to kind of find archive material and create a documentary. So I found this um, archive on the Mossside Carnival, the Afro Caribbean Carnival. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was fascinated by it originally. Like my mother, she's from um, an island, sort of near. It's located in South America, but it's like culturally Caribbean. Oh, so. right! I was going to ask you about ways you found the background, which is yeah, it's yeah, like it's all, all a mess. But it's <laughs> just say complex and we'll move complex. on, right? <laughs> no, it's a good mess. It's a beautiful mess. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so my family's all over the place. Like, yeah, I've got like my dad's originally dad's dad was from Scotland. His mum was from Ireland. Oh yeah. And there's Welsh on my mum's side and Cornish on my mum's side as well. So it's all over the there place. There we go. I think we're all just like, <laughs> yeah of everything but um so yeah no I've, all, I've always loved carnival and had interest in it so then I kind of reached out to the people who ran carnival and we had this amazing meeting with um two of the like founding women of the oh, yeah. carnival and they brought their daughters and we were literally just really? talking for hours and they were telling us all about how it began um their kind of like journey with it they brought like, loads of pictures and stuff and it was just fascinating it was amazing there's, there's so much history around Manchester itself and mm. like anywhere you go like if you go around humans and like that yeah back, back when before you were born like I grew I went through here a lot when I was a lot younger like your age and it's the areas change over time mm. natural progression no definitely where you are in London and stuff like better when you go back there every time now you're looking at thinking that wasn't there. That was, yeah, there. yeah, no, 100%. No, what, tell, tell us a bit about your night you were in then. You've done two of them, or well, one of them, and the second one follow. Yeah, the second Artistic one. Artistic awareness. Artistic awareness, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we basically run these nights um, at the Deaf Institute um, in Manchester, and they are nights of, it's essentially, I'd call it like a, ta a talent show, because we yeah. kind of do everything. It's like, you know, we invite artists, poets, musicians, mm. Um, so you know the room when we did it last time the room was decorated with art that people brought in oh, we had musicians and we opened up um, the main bar and then the downstairs room and then yeah poets um, oh, it was really cool it was nice because we had a contrast like the downstairs room was sort of a more like intimate venue yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really lovely because we had this musician and he had like a little acoustic guitar and like everyone was kind of sat like cross-legged on the floor just listening oh, to him like, it was a really like wholesome <laughs> it was really sweet. No, you said no. You said you had some problems with the night, didn't you? You arrived. You know you're well organised. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean when we first arrived, I was just like to my friend because I run it with my um, friend Jasmine, Jasmine mm. Rowland. Um, and when we first arrived, we were just like, God, have we like kind of bitten it off a bit more than we can chew with this kind of thing? And I was thinking, God, this is not going to work well. It's not going to happen. Blah blah blah. Because um, we arrived and like there was no amps, for example. So I was on, I was on all the Facebook pages like, has anybody got an amp? Oh no. But um, yeah, nightmare. But like true rock stars, we we <laughs> managed. You improvised and pulled it off. I exactly. Yeah. Did you have a good crowd there? Oh, it was amazing. It was such a nice crowd. Um, yeah, I think it was really nice because it was like 
it was a lot of students, but we also posted in different groups as well. So it wasn't just a student scene, which yeah. is really nice. And I know whilst I came across you um, through the Manchester and Salford Poetry Group. Yeah, yeah. And then I couldn't do it because I'm half busy. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, fair. But I thought Lisa was a boy and I'd chat about it. And that's great, it's always good for me to do your own nights like that. You learn, you learn a lot about yourself as a person, don't you? Yeah, so, definitely. Um, and, and, I'm, and that's where you're doing the second one, aren't you, shortly as well? Yeah, no, we're doing a second one because they've, they've invited us back. And we're doing it because each time it's for a charity. So the first time it was for um, Mind and Movember. Um, and this time I think we're doing it for Justice for Grenfell and Teenage Cancer Trust. Oh, brilliant. So when's the second night then? The second night is on the 16th of February. Now, this podcast will be live before that. So, <laughs> right? so that'll be a priority straight away for you. Lovely. Okay, so just before you oh, brilliant. So, and have you got any acts booked in for it yet? Or? Oh my gosh, we have so many. Um, yeah, cause anything, you, anything you can reveal? Reveal? No, you'll have to come <laughs> to the night. <laughs> you like surprising people, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so, exactly. No, no, best way to be. So, right, okay. Um, a couple of things I've been talking about. Tell us about your blog or about your blog. Mm. I know your blogs are very important to you as yeah, a person, yeah. isn't it? So what made you what turn what made you before blogger then? Um, okay, so I really enjoy writing and I really like I'm quite like a, an observant person and I'm quite like a in what's the word? I've got a lot of intrigue. Um so yeah. like but at the same time as that I'm quite like interested in art and like the way that like art can kind of like tell stories about the state of society and stuff and like I really like the idea of using things as a collective so what I do with my page is I will find a topic and I will write about it myself um, and then I will source two so the template is an article and then two other pieces of art um, be it like photography painting um, poetry and just combine them together and it sort of like brings the stories to life in a really beautiful way yeah yeah, yeah no, get it. no it does work very well that's so. yeah how long have you been in your blog for then? oh my gosh I think I think a year and a half it took me a while to actually get it up and running. I had the idea for ages, but I was just too too nervous to actually do it. Um, then I thought, you know what, whatever. If people don't like it, at yeah. least it's a bit of fun. I think you do with something. When you get used to it, I think the older you get sometimes, or you get more confident mm. in doing you become less self-conscious and that kind of makes sense. You just no, get out and exactly, do it. exactly. You don't worry about the consequences half the time. That's so. how you got to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely that one. So now, obviously, like um. I want to ask you a bit about you, Tom and Paul, I know you're going to Berlin fairly soon as well, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that one. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm headed off to Berlin in a month. Um, I'm doing a semester abroad out there, so I study drama and English. So I've mm. done all my drama modules in the first semester, second semester. I'm off to Berlin. Um, what, why Berlin then? Why Berlin? Um, I've got, I can get hazard a guess, but I'm interested in myself. <laughs> Do you know what? It's the coolest city. Um, it looks, there's just so much art. Like, the art is literally, like, alive on the streets. You can see it everywhere. Um, and the music scene's completely different over the areas. Yeah, yeah. No, the music scene looks very interesting. It's um, challenging. Yeah. Words. I know, I know <laughs> you German people, right? Yeah, no, definitely. But I'm, I'm intrigued to kind of... Um, kind of explore that culture and stuff. And what are you hoping to get from it then? When you go over there, I'm then? hoping to be a lot more independent from it actually. Like I think like, you know, I've taken the leap to come from London to Manchester, which is, you know, away from home, but there is still kind of a lot of home comforts here and I think there are like I still knew a few people. Whereas going to Berlin I will not know anyone. Yeah. Um, you start from scratch really, So you've got to just yeah, completely. Well, it's good luck to you that straight I don't envy you. <laughs> make, make sure you've got a big coat with you. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I know someone did that to Berlin, like, a couple of winters ago, mm. and they came back. Catherine said, 
Oh, I wish I took another coat down there, it's freezing. Oh, no, there. yeah, no, I think when I'm away it'll be nice and warm, hopefully. No, it can't be much dampening weather on air anyway, that's yeah. for sure. So. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you hope to do next then? Because I know you're in second year of uni, aren't you? So, mm. what do you hope? to aim for when you've left uni then? When I've left uni, yeah. that is a terrifying question. Um, <laughs> I think my dream would be to kind of go into presenting... Um... You've, got the, you've got the charisma, man. that's straight away. So, oh, so thank you. <laughs> well, obviously, you've got that sort of uneasiness about as a person. That's not, not generally, you can tell me you see people sometimes. Oh, no, I, yeah, that's always been a dream. Obviously, it's, it's quite a big dream, it's quite competitive, but I think, you know, it's doable I'm making more movies but also I'm trying new things that's why I tried the doc doing the documentary I'm trying directing I'm trying lots of things because mm. I'm not just going to kind of say okay this is what I want to do and that's it because I know that as a person I have lots of interest so I don't want to just yeah. be like I think it's my best you're okay to hold it all in you go along don't you so mm. I meant to ask you about your directing before as well because then we touched on that before we started yeah. recording tell us something about your directing then well, um, That's I'm, obviously for uni again, I'm guessing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. So I'm um, assistant directing on this play called Nut um, by a um, playwright, sorry, called Debbie Tucker Green. Um, so I'm the assistant director. So that is basically the reason why I've not gone back to London for this month because I don't have uni, but I'm just kind of directing and helping out. But um, yeah, it's just a really amazing play about. Um, sort of touches on like mental health and um kind of like grief and just so many topics it's just a really beautifully written play oh, so yeah so is this the first time you've done this sort of thing you work in the theatre um, have you done a directing yeah. or assistant directing? No, this is the first time I've ever done it. Um, I've been in a play before. I was in a play last year at Antwerp Mansion. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great venue. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, it's nice. It, it was shut down before I arrived at uni, so I didn't actually get to experience it as a club. <laughs> Typical, that, isn't it? So, Classic. <laughs> it always happens. It happened to me before that, another venue, isn't it? So, yeah, so, obviously, then, so what do you want to do when you're the assistant director in a play, then? So, obviously, you've got the director. Mm. Are you looking after other potential problems and...? So, it's the director's vision, so it's really important that you kind of respect the director's vision and you kind of work to kind of understand them and, and gauge their vision. So then when you're watching it, you kind of can critique the work through the gaze of the director. Yeah, yeah. Equally, give your own ideas as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, of course, yeah. you have to work as a team, aren't yeah, you? So, yeah, yeah. You're like, uh, I think you're like, have the arms and legs of the director. Exactly. If people want to find out more about you, mm -hmm. where would they best go in? Where would they best Well, I've got um, a page for my blog. It's Art Dress It on Instagram. Um, there are two Art Dress It pages because I made one and then accidentally locked myself out of it. Well, I think I did that. <laughs> um, I've done that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. But um, it's the one without the full stop, so it's just Art Dress It. Um, and yeah, and then that is probably the best place to find me, or Instagram, so for my people on Instagram if you want to reach me, but yeah. Cool. Well, that's enough for today on the chat side, so we're going to let you take a quick pause, and we're going to dig, I see you're going to do some digging on your back in a minute, probably on your phone, aren't you? So, do some reading for us, so hang on, everybody. This is going to be an interesting second part. Thanks <laughs> then, Sophie. See you Thank all in a minute. Spoke on me. Hi, guys. Right, Andy is still here, and with Sophie here, and Sophie is going to do for us one of your articles from your blog and yeah. a poem, aren't you? So, yeah. okay, over to you. Um, okay, yeah, so this article is called Cheapening Culture for Profit. Um, and 
I basically wrote it just about sort of the tourism industry. It's kind of like a cynical look on the tourism industry. Um, so yeah, I'll just read it. <laughs> um, okay, so. Team anything with industry and its authenticity vanishes. Culture and tourism are no exception. It's undeniable that this industry plays an essential role in supporting the economies of many countries. However, in order for a country's culture to bring in revenue, it must be glossed with Western consumerist desires and expectations. During a trip to Fiji, I went from living in a village for three weeks to spending two nights in a holiday resort. It was through this experience that I became particularly struck by the difference between culture as a service and culture as a part of life. In the village we stayed in, the women would perform their traditional dance wearing a long grass skirt and a t-shirt. Seeing the same dance at the resort became a different story entirely. The women performed the dance with bras made out of coconut shells and mini skirts of bamboo leaves, whilst the men, lathered in oil, performed a Magic Mike-esque lap dance to the lucky ladies whose birthdays were in that month. This complete transformation of one's own culture made me question the tourism industry, a money-making tool which typically sells an edited version of a culture to satisfy our lust for the exotic. Its benefits of providing jobs and money for many countries is of great significance. However, in upholding the integrity of its traditions, it often falls victims to its consumers' needs. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. I raised a lot of good points. I agree because it's also, if you ever go abroad, they always say if you stick into the tourist areas, mm. it's usually twice the price, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But if you go to the non-tourist parts, you get a better feel for an area half the time. Mm. But also, like, you're, you're more vulnerable then, so you can't win either way, so... <laughs> but then, what was Fiji like then? Yeah, no, it was really amazing. I um, did this, it was this programme where you just kind of teach in the schools and you live in a village, so you kind of get adopted by a family. Oh, well, um, you've done some you haven't you, really? So. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. Um, but no, it was, it was really fun because it was like I was there for a long time so it felt a little bit more authentic <laughs> of an experience because you were you weren't just seeing Fiji through yeah. like you know what you're meant like the tourists kind of yeah, yeah no, 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 good, no good stuff excellent okay you know you're gonna do a poem for us one aren't you um yeah right we're gonna take a quick pause here guys I'll see you in a minute spoke me hi guys right this is definitely is it definitely the last time, last part now, Sophie? Yeah, it's last, <laughs> last time now. <laughs> right, I know you're going to read the poem out for us now, okay? Yeah. Over, to, over to you again. Um, okay, so yeah, this poem doesn't have a name actually, but it's a poem I wrote um, a few years ago when the Grenfell incident happened. Um, and yeah, I read it out at our last art dress at night. So, oh, brilliant, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so here it is. Um, lower class, working class, black, white, other tick boxes which confine, define and smother. Because when you're a tick in a box and you're boxed up in a box flat, you begin to feel less human. You notice the way the dirt thrown on your name muffles your screams as the world turns the other cheek and you are forced to clamp your teeth and get on with it. Get on with the fact that in your block of flats there is only one emergency escape. Get on with the fact that there is a clear absence of fire alarm and sprinklers. Get on with the fact that your block is an eyesore, so to appease the eyes of our richer community, your block is enveloped in a cladding, which when lit, can burn like an inferno. And hidden like cowards, the white-collared antagonists, detached from the worlds they are dictating, defining and confining, sealing your fate with the lid of your box. But how about we took the time to open up these boxes and realise the most beautiful of souls grow in their enclosure, living, breathing, heaving. Maybe then you won't just see black, white, other. 
Thank you. Really, I like that because it's dealing with stereotypes. It's a really good piece, that. So, are you, have, you, have you set much stuff around submissions when they play Savage magazines and stuff? Or? Um, no, not really. I don't I don't really um, consider myself a poet. I was quite nervous oh, to read really? this last oh, time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. Oh, thank yeah, you. That's why, <laughs> you know, it's a poet I always would take because he's all a poet after that. That's really excellent. <laughs> oh, that's excellent thank thing, you. So. That's why I know good stuff. Right, we'll wrap up here anyway. So, Great. Thank you again, Sophie. And good luck with the night. And I look forward to seeing pictures in your Facebook account of all what, what Berlin's like. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You remember of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is Andy and Sanio. Thanks Thank again, you. guys. Deals <laughs> it. Spoken, mate.